What if you could go somewhere, not church, not home, but a place that was a comfortable environment among people that you could be yourself with free from fear of judgment or guilt, but be able to open up and and really talk and, and, and deal with some issues in your life. What if you could find a place like that? Well, we know of a place like that, and we're going to tell you more about it next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast, Take Two. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing good. We're, we're having a good time here. We got through uh, some of our previous uh, recording, realizing we forgot to push the record button. Forgot to so push the record. Such a good mood. Yeah. So what's yeah. going on today? Well, what's going on today, and uh, I, I actually am recording this time. Uh, for those of you behind the scenes, uh, we've been doing this for, for well over 10 years, and this has only happened a few times, so it's happened recently. We have a special guest today. Our special guest is Barney Murray, and Barney is an old friend of ours, uh, gone back a long time. He's the associate pastor of, of Gideon Full Gospel Church. Uh, here in Tucson, Arizona. He's also the president of the Arizona Christian Men's Fellowship, also director of East Point High School, Tucson East. There's a program there called the Rise Up Program. Barney's been in education for a long time and been in ministry from uh, White Plains, New York. Uh, Barney, how are you today? I'm doing absolutely great. And thank you so much for having me today. Well, it's always good to see you, and uh, uh, we, we we need to see you more often. But uh, now Barney, uh, I was looking at, uh, I was br- browsing through Facebook, and uh, you and I are friends on Facebook. Uh, you haven't blocked me yet. Uh, yeah. Not sure why, but because uh, most people do. Uh, but uh, you had something there called the living room, and 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 I looked at it a little closer, and I thought, the living room. What is this? And uh, it's very interesting. I think people involved in ministry who are listening to this podcast or viewing us right now uh, might find this really very a very interesting uh, tool and something that, that might really just help a lot of people. So I'm going to turn turn things over to Steve Lacey here. And we want to find out more about the living room and, and really what makes it so unique. Steve? Yeah, so I guess the first question is, what is the living room and how did it begin? What was the idea behind it and what is it? The living room is actually a living room, but it's not in anyone's house. It's in a uh, a small strip mall here in Tucson, and it evolved out of uh, the Christian Men's Fellowship. It's kind of a an extension Um there was a working with adolescent youth and mentoring and then church folks and then the Christian men's fellowship Um, being that it was a citywide thing. I needed a place where um, I could take anybody and feel comfortable and 
you know, having them relax. I can't take everybody to my house. Uh, the missus would not permit that. And uh, so I wanted a place where that was neutral, that was um, comfortable, that gave you the feeling of being invited to my house um, and but free enough to relax, chill, and talk uh, without the, uh, I don't want to say stigma, but the, the feelings that go along with having to go to church and those kind of things. So I wanted a neutral place uh, like a living room that um, we could sit down and talk and talk about anything and everything um, depending on who the audience was without uh, feeling judged or can I really say that here and that kind of thing. And, and so, uh, you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you, you've, I mean, what you've got here and I, if people are watching a video, the background you've got is, is the actual photos from the living room. I mean, what you've set up is it, I mean, it, it looks and feels like a, a real living room in somebody's home with exactly. all sorts of amenities, right? I mean, refrigerators Absolutely. and things like that. It's got um, seating for about 13. There's three big sofas in there. There's a refrigerator, microwave, big screen TV, uh, sound system, laptops, um, you name it, uh, it's in there. Uh, and it's kind of trippy because where it's located, you have no clue. You're going in the side door and you walk into the living room. Uh, so it has that kind of impact and has that kind of feel of it immediately. So you some mentioned things. it was, you mentioned it's in a, it's in a, so it's in a strip mall. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like walking into another world then I would think, you know, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right it's next door to the auto parts store. And all of a sudden I step through this doorway and I'm in some, in this very comfortable <laughs> living room. That's great. Yeah. What, what makes so, this different? Uh, I'm jumping on, I'm stepping on Steve here, but uh, I'll just jump. I'll just keep going here. That's the thing about doing this on Zoom now during this pandemic is usually when Steve and I would do a podcast, we'd be sitting together and we would kind of get body language from each other. It's a little harder to do when we're remote. Uh, but what makes this different, Barney? What makes the living room different than just like a, you know, like a little Bible study or, you know, a little, little small group meeting? What makes the, the living room so unique? The fact that it is a living room, the fact that um, it's not going to church um, again, because a lot of the operations, the things that happen around um, church and even Bible studies, fellowships happens at the physical church. Um, and the reality that not everyone, when you start thinking about discipleship, when you start thinking about, I'm going to invite my friends, um, some of them may not be comfortable with going with, to church with you. They love you and everything, but that kind of will make them a little uneasy. So uh, the living room is a... Uh, even though the purpose is the same, it takes the edge off of feeling I have to look, dress, say things a certain way. Um, 
it's almost like you could get into the living room and we could be talking about scripture or whatever and life circumstances and you slip up and cuss and they're not going to throw you on the altar because there is none. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. yeah. um, so not that we, it's permissible uh, or appropriate um, only because of the other people, but it is a place where you can be you um, without the, um, the feeling that I can say something wrong. What, what a concept. Gee, what a concept. Uh, and I'll get on soapbox here and I'll get off it in a second here. But I mean, my goodness, why can't we just be that way in church? Hello. I mean, that, that's the thing that bugs me about certain groups. We have all these rules, you know, in Christianity. And, and oh, my goodness, you know, how dare you step over a rule? But what you're talking about here is you can be free to be yourself. I mean, you, yeah, you, you need to be respectful of people. We're not talking about being idiots here, but, but, you know, you, you can be who you are without the fear of judgment, probably yep. without the fear of guilt and condemnation. Exactly. And so it's like when you invite someone into your home, even your house has house rules. Um, but when you're trying to reach people and this is kind of like a buffer zone, an introductory place for Christian and non-Christian where we can dialogue and have questions that, um, and stop because the agenda is communication and conversation, uh, living room style, difference of opinion. Um, there have been sessions we've had where there is no right answer, but we hear each other out. And when you hit start hearing the heart of people, where they are uh, because they feel safe enough to reveal that to you, then you've done something. You've done something. So I found that the physical space does make the difference. I can get some of my kids from school to go to the living room where I can't get them to go to church um, and tell them the same thing. But somehow it works. Um, it's become a discipleship tool, and um, that's at one end. But on the natural side, it's just a fun place to be. The only thing I don't have in there is a PlayStation. <laughs> so, so how the reception I I take it has gone fairly well. Has there been some? I mean, you have stories of fruits of the setting this thing up, lives changed, or just anything that unusual that's happened or remarkable that's happened within the. Probably one of the the most significant things um, is that being in the living room uh, is open to, like I said, adolescents all the way through adult men. And we've had studies and book studies for just about every group. We had a women's group there um, that did a study. And probably the most significant thing two of the girls that invited to participate were students of mine. And so I picked them up and they needed a ride. So I went to pick them up and took them to the living room and I had to leave and I did. (laughs) But within a week, it was those two girls, their mother and their grandmother 
sitting in the living room going through a study together led by uh, another woman um and so the need for it the need for this kind of space um and i use the word safe uh where you can be transparent um where you can be real there's box of tissues all over the place because there have been some soul searching some reality checks that have taken place um, that have resulted in a pivotal uh, relation to an individual that okay i see what i need to do and i appreciate the fact that i don't have to do it alone so it's been quite powerful so one of the big questions and there's probably lots of answers here logistics I mean, how do I schedule it? Does another group come in while I'm having a group? Does who cleans the place? Who pays for the place? All those sort of things. Can you give a little background on on that yeah. part of it? <laughs> the um, and it has been hit by the pandemic as well. Um, the Christian Men's Fellowship has a a monthly breakfast. Um, on a rotating basis. And so it's not at the same church every month. Um, So we've extended that to a first and a third Saturday every month. And we're hovering about 18 breakfasts a year. And so at each breakfast, there's an offering taken and that offering is split between the Christian Men's Fellowship and and the host church. So that has kind of, subsidize the living room and the cost. But since the pandemic, we have kind of lost that. So I have a few friends who are assisting me with maintaining it. We're not in there anymore. Um, It still exists, it's still there. We're looking forward to um, getting back in there. Um, But that was when we switched to um, the internet to start to have um, our meetings, conversations, book studies on Zoom. And it happens two ways. Zoom uh, is, is something that is going to be somewhat restrictive in that um, to keep the intimacy and privacy so it's not open to the public. Um, but also, um, and I think this is where what you saw on Facebook was the Facebook live feeds that are for the general public. Um, It's discussing topics that um, I am led to bring forward. Um, We talk about some of the taboo topics to bring them to light. Um, Taboo in the sense that um, you're just not going to hear it. And it goes back to what Phil was saying earlier. What are some of those topics? Just, just I mean, t- what are they? I, I want to, what are some, of, I mean, you don't have to get into detail, but I mean, the topics that you guys are covering, I mean, I, I, you're probably talking racism. You're probably talking some of the, do you have guys ever get into politics? Um, you know, I'm fascinated by this because to me, it's all about environment. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it also has to do with the person hosting this because, you know, you're a very hospitable person. Uh, I, I know you. And so I think just people being around you, uh, 
I don't know you that well, but I know you enough that, that people feel comfortable around you and opening up. So, so these topics, uh, tell us maybe just a couple of them. <laughs> the, they vary. Um, we have talked about when a man comes to himself was the title of one. And that is the challenges a man goes through when he decides to change. What's the process for him? Um, the next one we have coming up is uh, from a friend of mine who was a prison hostage and now he's a leadership executive. So how does he go from a prison hostage? And there's a spiritual and a Christian element to his testimony. So he wrote a book um, coming up in the near future of, uh, how my experience with men impacted my view of God. And that's coming from a woman who has had several somewhat toxic relationships with men, um, starting with her father and how that impacted her view of her father, her heavenly father. Um, Then one of them is, uh, (laughs) this one's kind of crazy, but we've been dealing with, um, God's design for man. And the title of the session is, Hey, Adam, you still missing a rib. (laughs) And that's dealing with a man's need for intimacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're dealing with real life issues. Uh, We've had anger management. We've had um, broken men trying to love an unbroken woman. Um, all kinds of things that are in the back of our mind, um, the importance of mental health and how it manifests itself in a godly man who's not free to talk about that because it doesn't come up in church. So we try to find a, um, the discussion is probably 90% natural and real Um, And the last part of it is a spiritual solution to it. This reminds me of something. uh, So I I used to smoke cigars and uh, I know that comes to a shock. I'm sure to lots of people, but uh, there's a cigar shop in Tucson. Actually, there's several, but there's one where you could go in and buy a cigar and you could go in the lounge area in couches and, they'd provide you something to drink and you could sit there and enjoy a good cigar. Mm-hmm. I know I might, this may be offending some people, but, uh, I, uh, I had some great conversations with people when I would go in there and just sit and just, they'd have a TV on big TV or something, you know, low. And, and, and I would have discussions with people that were wonderful discussions as we puffed on our, you know, $15 cigars, you know, and, uh, uh, it didn't do that very often because $15 cigars, but, uh, but you know, and, and, and they were natural flowing discussions that, that, that turned spiritual at some point. I mean, not every one of them, but, but a lot of them, did. again, it reminds me of the environment and the freedom and the ability to let your guard down. And, 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 you know, uh, you obviously you need to trust people a little bit. And in your situation there with the living room, uh, I am assuming there's something there about confidentiality. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. but that's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. It does in that, um, there are some conversations that are organic 
that just come out of conversation. Um, but we're finding that, and this is where I'm kind of the instigator, is when I have a conversations with two or three, whether it be children, women, or men, and I hear a common thread, then that's something that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three or four people can will not talk to each other, but they'll talk to me. Um, one of my friends said, I don't know how you do it, but you can say things to people and get away with it when it would get me beat up. And so I think it's a gift. (laughs) And so when I feel and sense a thread, um, people are starving for relationship. Um, And so the last thing has been fatherlessness, the impact that it has on the family, the sons and the daughters and the wives and the family as a whole. And so when I hear that and guy says, how do I do that? How do I turn it around? Then it ends up in the living room and he finds out he's not the only one. Um, And not that I provide the solution. A lot of the times the solution comes from the conversation. Um, And then we might throw in a scripture or two. Because knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, and then having the strength and the courage to do it is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. We mentioned in, the, in our prior recording, this, what it reminds me of is, I, like I read a book on the guy that founded um, uh, Starbucks, and he was mentioning there's the home and there was the office, and he wanted to create an environment that was not the home and not the office and someplace in between where people could hang out and we've, they created a whole, I don't know, genre or whatever, a whole thing of, you know, you, you go hang out at places like Phil talked about the cigar place is a similar kind of thing. So this is a, this is not the church. This is not the home. This is not the counseling center. This is a safe place in between all that, that um, has been, uh, I guess, well-received here. So you mentioned that, the physical facility is not being used during COVID and you've moved it online. It's, I assume we're continuing on and currently on zoom. Yes. Yes. Um, if things work out, um, we might be back in there in the summer. Okay. Um, but regardless of whether we can reopen the physical space, we will resume our uh, internet real estate um zoom uh stream yard or whatever we decide to run with um because of the the response from the internet um people have jumped in joined in commented in and when a video um gets two or three hundred views then it's something that um you're reaching you're reaching people that may not come to the living room physically uh, and certainly may not come to the church for whatever reason. Um, but the issues and life circumstances don't go away. So we're looking to help people be better. So kind of back on my um, logistics questions here with, with the physical facility, do I need, can I just show up? Do I need a key? Do I need an invitation? How do people learn about it? You know, how does that work with the, or how had, how did it work before prior to COVID 
the, with the, the physical living room? The, I'm the gatekeeper. Okay. And so I pretty much managed it or still do um, manage the room um, scheduling um, it. And the people that are in there are people usually I have asked to facilitate a study or to chair a conversation or what have you. So it kind of, um, it's not open. Well, it's open to the general public, but it's not a place that you can just rent. Um, We have, um, and the reason, part of the reason is that um, besides the insurance side of it, we have um, prayed over the room, um, had the pastors who come in and bless it, that the function and everyone who came into it did not leave the same. So we're trying to protect the environment that we've um, and keep it so a place that God can live there and invite everybody in and that they don't leave the same. So we have to kind of maintain um, its sacredness. Right. I can see that. So, so if, uh, there's a bunch of kids that want to have a spring break party. Probably not going to call you up and say, "Let's let's have it at the living room." It's more of a. It's going to be more of a, a structured, curated environment than yes, than just a, a random facility with that looks like a, somebody's living room that I could use. That, yeah. makes, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just I'm just poking at these questions. If there's churches out there that say, "Hey, wow, we could really, our community could really leverage," you know. A living room, and what would be the first steps to you know get it going, and how do I manage it, and how do I um, prevent things from going wrong or getting out of control? So it sounds yeah. like you've got some experience there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's and it works out really well. The thing that um, I've seen a lot of churches do, um, they have put if they had the facilities and the space set aside a place to kind of build a living room lounge type of atmosphere. Um, But you're still going to church. You're just sitting in a uh, couch instead of a pew. Um, And I have found that the, it's a whole different feeling when you're going to the living room than going to church and people separate it. It's just a totally different vibe to it. Right. So that sets the tone for people opening up yeah. more and discussing things that they normally might not discuss with others. So yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have people I, helping you too, right? I mean, you have leaders, you're, I mean, you're the gatekeeper, you're the host, so to speak, but you have other people that kind of understand this vision that are helping. Yes. Yes. There's, um, um, I thank God for the pastors that have, um, come on board with it and do support, um, we could always use financial support, mm-hmm. um, but the the vision and the need um, starting to, especially now that we've gone online, that um, to expand um, and I don't want to be the bottleneck in that I can bring people together, but I don't feel the responsibility to feed everybody. Um, especially when there are people who are gifted in certain areas. Um, and I'm not. 
So I'm not going to front. I'm just going to fire somebody who has done the time and can talk about the transition back into society than for me to read a book about it. So I use real people uh, within their callings um, so that they have the maximum impact. Um, I'm not a thug. I have, I don't know anything about that. Uh, but if the young men are struggling with a life in Christ or the life with a gang because of the absence of family, then I may not, I can get them to the room. Almost guarantee you that I can do that. But once they are there, the truth that they need has to come from an expert. And I'm not that. So we're about out of time here, uh, Barney, but uh, you mentioned you guys may start meeting in here in the summer with the pandemics hopefully dying down here a little bit. Are you still going to be doing stuff online? For sure. For sure. So so meeting in person, but also online. Oh, yeah. And the stuff that goes online will be uh, more at a higher level. Where in the living room, it could be at the intimate level. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how can people get a hold of you, Barney? Uh, we're talking to Barney Murray here, and we're talking about the living room. Uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to kind of explore this a little bit more? Maybe, uh, you know, people are listening here all over the world, uh, five or six of them, anyhow. And uh, so, how can they get a hold of you? Maybe if they want more information, as Steve mentioned earlier, you're like, yeah, this is an idea maybe our ministry could do, or maybe somebody listening. So I could maybe do this. What's the process of getting a hold of you? You can call me directly on my mobile phone at 520-390-4723. All right. Are you I- sure you want to put that out there? Huh? <laughs> um, 390-4723. 21, is that what you just said? Or did I get 520-390-4723. Uh-huh. Oh, 23, okay. 4723, or right. email barney at org. All right. That's tucsoncmf for Christian Men's Fellowship dot org. All right. Sounds good to me. Barney Murray has been our guest we need to have you back on again. I always say this to our guests, and we'll definitely have you back on again. I think this is a fascinating idea. I think it can reach a lot of people. And I just think it's it's not to use this term out of the box too much, but it's out of the box. I mean, it's, it's just different than what uh, a lot of ministries or churches might think about doing when they're trying to reach people. I like the idea, and I think it's a great concept, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it continues to progress. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you. All right. Well, we're done here. Steve, thanks for your input today and your questions. Great, Great to be here. All right. Thanks, and, Steve. And thanks, Phil, for the opportunity. And uh, until the next time. All right. And, uh, and I am Phil Thompson. Thank you for listening to the Church Solutions Podcast or watching us on YouTube or at streamingchurch.tv. If we can help you in any way, please reach out to us. Uh, we're all about helping churches, not just with technology, but even something like this, helping people uh, connect with each other and grow spiritually. Uh, take care of yourselves. We'll catch you again next time on another edition.